It's episode 131 of Here to Thrive. We're talking a job, a career, or a calling. How do you approach your work? Do you feel like you have a passion component to your career? And if so, what does that even mean? Talking about it today on this episode, so stay tuned. Welcome to Here to Thrive. I'm your host, Kate Snowwise. This is a podcast for people who are ready to step up and live a happier life. It's for those of us who are dedicated to understanding ourselves and getting the best that we can out of this thing called life. It's a mix of psychology and modern spiritual thought, always with a focus on practical advice so that you can take it back and apply it to your own life. I don't believe we're here to merely survive. I truly believe we're here to thrive. So let's get going. Before I dive in to talk about today's topic, how we look at our careers, I just want to do a little bit of housekeeping. I realize I have been doing a really terrible job of telling you how we can continue the conversation out of your earbuds. Here to Thrive was actually a Facebook group and community before I named this podcast after it all those years ago. Many of you have found the Here to Thrive community on Facebook, but I very rarely mention it over here and I thought it would be time for me to give it a little shout out again. So if you're on Facebook, you can just type in Here to Thrive and you should see it as a group option. Ask to be included and I will let you in and that way we can all interact. If you're on Instagram, I also use the hashtag here to thrive. So tag your photos. Tell me what you're up to. I go and look at it frequently and it's so nice to see you all there. Finally, if you'd like a love note or a little note of inspiration, I should really call it in your inbox every other week. I'm back on top of my game. I am sending out an email to you all every other week. I promise to not spam you. I don't appreciate spam. And I'm dedicated to making these simple little thoughts for you to ponder and keep you focused on living happier lives all the time. So if you want to be on that list to get a little note from me every other Tuesday, Go over to thrive.how forward slash freebie and you will find a little box to sign up there. Okay, that was a lot. Now I want to talk about how we approach our work. We've been told to follow our passion, but how on earth do we do that? I thought it would be really useful to use the work orientations that were uncovered by Dr. Amy Renensky and her team to help talk about the different ways we can look at what we do for work. I'll then talk about how we can bring ourselves more into alignment with our careers and take more personal meaning from the work we do in the world. It is possible, people. I'm going to tell you how. To start with, I'll break down these three different ways we can approach our career. Renensky, she is a Yale management professor, I believe. Her team of researchers in her first noticed that there were different ways people approached their work a number of years back when they were looking at orderlies in hospitals, the cleaning staff of hospitals. Some of the cleaning staff just saw it as a job, sign in, sign out, do what you're told. 
And then there was the other extreme who saw it as a calling, who saw deep purpose in their work as a healer, the person who was there to make sure the hospital was sterile, to connect with the lonely patients. That's the difference. Specifically, she and her team identified three different ways we can view our work, the job, the career, or the calling. So those who view their work as a job typically see it as a means to an end. They're working for financial gain, if you like. They're probably living for the weekend and leisure time. And people with the view of a job tend to like a clear separation between work and playtime. People who are in this orientation don't typically feel a strong connection to what they're doing. It's a means to an end. On the other hand, people who see their work as a career are often much more dedicated. They may be more driven and are likely on a career track, looking for advancement and growth and a success path. Finally, those who see their work as a calling typically feel very personally tied to what they do and are strongly passionate they have a sense of doing what they're supposed to be doing in the world and feel like their work is incredibly purposeful. These people are usually more satisfied with their work and life. A good reason for why pursuing a calling might be worthwhile, right? Now, I mentioned the example of the orderlies in the hospital, the cleaning staff in the hospital. What I think is important to note here is that job orientation does not necessarily correlate with a person's job title or income. It's not as simple as the higher status your job, the more likely you are to feel like it's a calling. Renensky's research has found that most professions are actually fairly evenly spread with about a third of all people falling into each group. As an example, not every doctor is a doctor because they feel called to the profession. I think it's pretty fair to say there's a good chunk of them that were drawn into that field with a career orientation because it is such a high status job. Now, looking back on my own working life, I've certainly been in jobs that covered all three of these career orientations. When I was in college or university, if you're from outside the US, I worked in bars and restaurants and I wasn't passionate about that work. It was fun. I had a good time. But it was a means to an end for me. It was all about taking home the dollars at the end of the week. I wasn't deeply committed to that industry or passionately tied to the work in any way, shape or form. When I think about when I was pursuing a career, this is the lens that I was making my decisions through when I was an 18 year old. I had no idea what I was passionate about or what my calling in the world might be. So I went with what looked like a reputable and obvious career path. Lawyer sounds good, right? I heard Reninsky talk about this as going after the job that you think everyone wants rather than the job you want to have. Like, boom, that was me at 18. I was absolutely pursuing the job that I thought everybody else wanted, the high status job and certainly not aligning with my deepest interests. Now, thankfully, if you've listened to other podcasts, that clearly didn't work out so well for me because here I am having studied psychology and speaking to you, which brings me to where I feel like I am now in the work that I do. It's so very much a calling for me. I'm incredibly passionate about what I do, but that has been a process for me 
and finding this right fit didn't just land in my lap. I have very intentionally gone out and created this for myself, obviously, which also meant that I had to, as Brene Brown puts it, brave the wilderness. I had to divert off the beaten path and create my own career track. And I'd be lying if I said there haven't been many times when I have looked over at the easy career track I could take, going back into high status management consulting and making big bucks and thought, oh yeah, that'd be super easy. (laughs) Uh, Sometimes pursuing a calling is a lot of effort. So pursuing a calling might require some courage and some risk in certain cases, not in all cases, but it may mean that you're going off the beaten, clear career paths. I was doing a Peloton ride the other day and yeah, my husband bought a Peloton thinking that I would use it and I've used it like twice, but that's good because he uses it. But I was doing one of the rides the other day and one of the introductory sessions, there's a woman who she was a lawyer and now she's a Peloton instructor. I'm thinking that's a likely example of someone going from career to calling. What I would say about a calling-driven pursuit is that it's more likely to be closely aligned with your interests and less aligned with the accolades of an outside world. But then again, that is a massive generalization. Perhaps your calling is to have a high-status job, but you're not pursuing it because of the status. Oh, I wish this stuff was super clear cut, but you get what I mean. So job, career, calling. These are the three different ways we can view the work we do. But how do you go from a job orientation to a calling or a career orientation to a calling? Firstly, I want to share the nuance here because it's often not as simple as follow your passion I mean, if it was all that simple, we'd all be doing it, right? Just follow your passion and it's all going to work out. I get that for many people that requires effort and risk and we're not all ready or able to do that. Not everyone wants or is ready to pursue a career that feels like a calling. And there is absolutely nothing wrong with enjoying the orientation of a job or a career As far as I'm concerned, if you're content, keep doing what is working for you. Why why would you mess that up? Just keep, you keep doing you. What I would say is if you have that itch to feel more passion about what you're doing, then there are a few things you can do to start moving towards identifying what your passion is or what is the work that will light you up. There are also ways that you can look at your current job or career and transform that into a calling. But first, we're going to start with passion. What if you don't know what you're passionate about? What if you have no idea where to start? I just want to reassure you and say that this is the norm, not the exception. Very few people just know exactly what it is that calls on them. And because of that, I like to think of moving towards a calling as being a discovery process. It's more about becoming than it is about arriving. It's more about what is happening to you as you pursue the calling, as opposed to one day just waking up and being there. 
it's very unlikely that you're going to have some big bang moment that goes, ta-da, this is my calling. You fall over a rock and it lands in your lap sort of thing. Unlikely. What is more likely is that it will be an evolution of you continuing to turn towards what lights you up. And to do that, I encourage a sense of curiosity. Start listening to what it is that pulls on your heart and start doing the things that interest you. Yeah, prioritize those things. Try them on for size. Get involved with life and adventurous. Elizabeth Gilbert, if you don't know her, lady wrote Eat, Pray, Love. She did an excellent talk called Flight of the Hummingbird. I'll link to it in the show notes, or you can go over to my website at thrive.how forward slash podcast 131. But she talks about how one of the best ways to find your passion is to try on new things, to discover, to be curious, see what really does light you up through experimentation with life. She's way better at making that sound exciting than I am. So go watch Flight of the Hummingbird. Just, just do it. I was also recently listening to a lecture series from life coach Martha Beck and loved one of her exercises. Put it in the show notes as well. It's an audible series you can download. And she encourages people to go into a big bookstore and just let yourself wander and be pulled. This is very much an exercise of getting out of your head and into your heart. But where is it in the bookstore that you feel pulled towards? Are you looking at car or fashion magazines? Do you want to flick through business books? Or do you find yourself just ending up in the children's section? Be curious with yourself and look for what is pulling on those heartstrings. And then give yourself the space to reflect upon it. No surprises to where I head in a bookstore. Maybe you will be surprised, but I'll tell you. There's a few spots that pull on me big time. I'm typically straight to the self-help and psychology section. They're right next to each other in my bookstore, so that's good. But there is also the spirituality and business sections that pull on me too. Every other section in the bookstore, I'm completely uninterested in. And if you look at what I've created with my work and my business, it's a beautiful mix of all of those things. So there are a couple of ideas about how you can dive deeper and take a curious look at the world around you and start to uncover your personal passions. It's about self-reflection. It's about diving into yourself. And by all means, things like coaching can help with that too. But I really do think it starts with being curious and opening up that conversation with that deeper part of yourself. But that isn't your only option. If you simply want to bring more passion into your current field of work, there are two things you can do to job craft, as Dr. Amy Winitsky would say, or what I would say is search for the noble purpose. Let me explain. So when I work with my executive coaching clients, who I note are kind of in that career mindset, but are craving more passion or purpose in their work, I encourage them to push their roles into the areas that excite them. Now, Reninsky calls this job crafting. Now, before you say, nice try, Kate, my job is my job, nothing I can do about it, I would encourage you to look for what you can do, not the obstacles, not the obstacles that are going to stop you from nudging your career into your areas of interest. When it comes to your current role, what are the things that most excite you? Or where are your interests pulling you and how can you possibly push to get more of that in your current role? 
It could be that you start putting up your hand more for certain projects. Perhaps you can share your interests with your boss and say that you want to move in that direction and would appreciate their support or them thinking of you as opportunities arise. Or there might even be the room to move sideways within a company and try a placement in a different area. These are all options that have been successful for my clients and have helped some of them bring more passion into their work, nudging them towards their career turning into a calling. I've found that most people have the ability to mold their career track and roles in some way, but it does take intention and awareness on your part. It's very unlikely that people are going to sort of come to you and serve you a calling up on a plate. It has to be driven by you. And that starts with being aware of what it is that you want. Once you know, you can start pushing in that direction. Like I say to my clients, it's like setting a GPS. It doesn't mean that you have to end up at the location you set, but by having a direction, You'll go somewhere rather than round and round in circles if you don't set any direction at all. If you've been listening for a while, you probably know that I don't really think there are wrong turns in life. I just think it's about learning on the way. So some directions better than no direction. You can always backtrack. So craft your job to suit your interests and nudge it in the direction of the things that most intrigue you. The other thing I think you can do to take the role you have right now and turn it into more of a calling is to connect with the noble purpose that is in your job. Now, Roninsky would probably call this cognitive crafting, changing the way that you look at your work. But the question that sits behind that psyche name for me is, why does what you're doing matter? The orderlies at the hospital are helping keep the hospital sterile and clean to help people heal. The CEO may be driven by a desire to create a kind and giving workplace that enhances the life of all of the people that work there. The financial advisor is helping bring people a sense of security and relieve the stress in their lives. Almost all jobs have a noble purpose if you look for it. And if you can focus on the noble purpose that is part of your work and stay grounded in that, you can instantly change the view of your current job. So this one's kind of like a flick of the switch. Just connect with the noble purpose, the deeper meaning in your work. Why does what you're doing matter to the world? Why does what you're doing make the world better? In summary, there are three ways you can view your work, either as a job, a career, or a calling. Now, very few people just know what their calling is and are clear and run with it. Most people are on a process of discovering and uncovering what it is that lights them up. But there are ways that you can cultivate this process and move towards a greater sense of passion and purpose in your work and ultimately your life. If you're on the search for your passion, I encourage you to be curious, try new things and make time to do things that interest you, even if there seems to be no payoff in them whatsoever. I also would want to reassure you and to say that the path to joy is never usually clear and it's unlikely that one day you'll just stumble across it. You have to enjoy the journey. You have to enjoy that process of discovering. To do that, I encourage you to make time to reflect and listen. This may be through wandering through a bookstore, coaching or journaling, but have fun learning about yourself and what interests you. 
If you want to bring more meaning to your current work, there's a couple of things I suggest. Tap into why what you're doing matters to the world and stay rooted in that. Connect to the noble purpose and also craft your job. Nudge it in the direction of the things that interest you. Rather than waiting for someone to give you opportunities, seek those opportunities out. And through doing so, you'll get ever closer to a job that feels like a perfect fit. Oh, so much going on there. So job, career, calling. You might need to take notes on that one, I feel like. Week after next, though, I've got Nancy Levin coming to talk to you about boundaries. Mentioned the Facebook group earlier fascinated by how there seems to be this deep desire to understand more about boundaries and Nancy's just written this fantastic book I personally found her so clear and concise and really rational in the way that she approached boundaries so very excited to share that interview with you next week click subscribe now so you don't miss it tell your friends about here to thrive that makes me super happy and if you have time and you've appreciated what we're doing over here. It means the world to me if you leave a review in iTunes. It helps other people find the podcast too. And I read every single one. And seriously, it helps feed my calling people. Thank you. Oh, until next week. Not week, until next time. Until next time, beautiful people. Keep doing your best. Keep trying. Keep, keep enjoying life. And keep thriving. We'll be back soon.